The day I hear an advert for the drop back on Capital FM is the day I shave my head. The drop back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Stan Wilson. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm your host this week, Joe Costanzo, and I'm surrounded by some very talented, brilliant gentlemen. The first of which, Stan Wilson, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Joe. I thought I'd mention you first once again, because oh, last time you were so happy about it. I love it, it's fantastic. And we've also got Sam Lewis on the call. Hey Joe, I mean... I'm happy to go second if that's the introduction we get. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so happy that Matt couldn't make it this week. Um, it's just Man's the boys, Ill. you know. Yeah, it's all lies. It's all... He just he just didn't want to talk about rookie QBs. That, that was his thing. Well, in case we brought up the fact that the Dolphins might draft one instead of t- to replace Tua. Yeah, I think he, he he's definitely scared of that. We have a lot to get into this week. We're going to wrap up the last little bits of free agency and get right into some rookie QB hype. But first and foremost, more news on the draft. The draft will be in person in Cleveland, a live attendance. So obviously social mis- uh, social distance distancing and masks will be in place. But Does that mean we don't get to see any creepy commissioner hugs? That's all I watched the draft for. That's probably like the biggest moment of clout that Roger Goodell could actually get. So he, he thrives like the one moment that players have to like him. <laughs> he just, just gets light for that one moment while they go across stage and then proceeds to find them for anything he can. Absolutely. Getting that one hug before it turns into a lifetime of hate. What, what, what do we think about this in general? I like it just as a sign that society is progressing. That yeah. we're somewhat going to be allowed outside of our bedrooms at one point. Yeah, I mean, the, the online draft last year was pretty good. They managed to replicate every little aspect of it pretty well. I mean, the only downside is we don't get a bit of a bit of a look at Commissioner Goodell's basement this year. But I mean, apart yeah. from that, it'd be pretty much the same. Yeah, see if he brought a different suite this week, this year even. That's true. I kind of like looking into all the head coaches' houses as well. Cliff Kingsbury's yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a meme for a while. The thing is, would they have had to all change it up to keep it fresh? Well, you reckon he's just going to rent out like an Airbnb just for the weekend just to flex like a new... Are we pretending that Cliff Kingsbury didn't do that anyway? I wouldn't be surprised. He's a bit of a fraud in general. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Have it last year's online draft. Have it is that one unique thing and then we'll move on. We'll leave that in the past. Yeah. I think it definitely went quite well considering last year. Yeah, agreed. They, they made the best of a bad situation, for sure. I think it was actually like the most viewed draft ever as well. Yeah, because no one else could do anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean, not that we have much else to do at like 2am in the morning over here anyway. Yeah, but to be honest, most of the viewing numbers are probably from the <laughs> US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very true. That's fair enough. A return to normalcy. That's good in all of our eyes. Let's get straight into the... The last little dangly bits of free agency, shall we? That's not. <laughs> so, first and foremost, um, 
the Giants made quite a few big moves over this free agency period. They wrapped it up with Adoree Jackson signing a three-year deal and Kenny Golladay signing the big money on a four-year deal with the Giants. Yeah. What, what do we think about the Giants' moves in general? Um, in, just in general, it seems like they're putting their faith in Daniel Jones for the last bit of his contract. They've signed Kyle Rudolph. They've got two tight ends now in Evan Graham, Kyle Rudolph. You've obviously got Sterling Shepard back. You have Darius Slayton back. And of course, you're adding Kenny Golday to that mix. So essentially, you've got three quality starting receivers, two quality offen- um, tight ends, and hopefully a healthy Saquon Barkley back in the fold as well. The only big question there is obviously the offensive line, but it does look like they're putting their chips on the table somewhat with Daniel Jones this week, this year, maybe trying to like reap the benefits for week NFC East. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that 100%. I mean, they've put Daniel Jones in a position now where they're really good to see what they have with him because he sort of skated the line a little bit between is he a guy for the future? Is he? Are they going to have to replace him in the future? This Kenny Golladay signing reminds me a little bit and it could go either way, of when the Bears signed Alan Robinson and the Bills last year getting digs. It's like you've got this young quarterback in place and you give them a bona fide number one weapon and there's no real excuses now for Daniel Jones. He either puts up this year or he's probably not going to be the starter going forwards. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Jones. However, it has to be said that the offensive line, if you're going to make an excuse for him, a very valid one would be the offensive line, which has been just pretty awful. Like, for all of those young QBs like Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, they've all had really bad situations because they're offensive line. For them to succeed as young players, you've got to protect them more so than an older guy who can react quicker and is better at processing an NFL defence. You've got to imagine though, that they're probably going to address that in the draft. They're probably going to be high enough to take one of the good guys. But if they pass on that, I'd be very surprised if he, yeah, like you said, if he succeeds a high level. Yeah. I mean, the thing is about pick 11 is it might they might deem it too high to get a guy like Christian Darisaw, and it's definitely going to be too low too low in the draft to get a guy like Slater or Sewell. So. You never know, because if the QB starts to run and people are trading up for those, that then someone that's a high-level player may slip. No, to be fair, actually, I could see a world where either Sewell or Slater does slip to 11 purely because of teams just trading up to, to, for quarterbacks. Yeah, so <laughs> are we 180 just like that? Uh, yeah, to be fair, you, you made a valid point, so I will I'll accept and uh, I'll do the old 180. It kind of smells a lot like uh, what Denver did with Drew Locke. I know they did it more in the draft than free agency, but yeah. No, if, that's a good point. If this doesn't, it's kind of like your final chance to really prove that Daniel Jones is the guy there. You've got yeah. to, though. I mean, you look, you can look at Denver and say it didn't really work out last year. But that's not because they didn't give Drew Log a chance to succeed. Like yeah. they're doing everything they can now to give Jones a shot. The worry is if Gettleman is too worried about his job being being tied to Daniel Jones going forward. So if he doesn't succeed in this, then he sticks with him anyway. Yeah, and I, that's why I kind of like the fact they just signed Mike Lennon as a backup rather than getting someone to compete with him. Why are you looking at me like that, Stan? I just had the word like the signing and Mike Glennon in the same sentence. Well, so I like that's the sentiment I'm... of the signing, not not the okay. actual. I don't think okay, that's understandable. Mike Glennon's going to come in and save the franchise. Yeah, before you added that, I definitely thought that you were a big Glennon fan. Yeah, so did I. So moving swiftly on to San Francisco, where they signed Trent Williams to a six-year deal 
worth 136 million. Isn't it like 10k? Oh, the highest paid <laughs> offensive lineman, just the pettiest deal ever. Yeah. Well, to That's be quite fair, funny. I like that. He was probably the best O lineman in the league last year. If we're just going off last year. I mean, he was great. I, I'm, there's a lot of great. I don't know. I didn't see enough to say that he's not the number one. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Six years seems like a very long deal considering his age as well. I think he's like 32, isn't he? Yeah. I don't have any expectation that he's going to, well, to be honest, in, in the NFL, like after three years, it's basically redundant anyway. Yeah, to be honest with you, there'll be some cap wizardry towards the end of the deal, which means he doesn't actually earn anything or something stupid like that. It'll be one of those clauses where they lie to you about how much they actually earn. It'll be like, yeah, a void or something like that. Yeah, the, the six years is to make both sides happy. It means William signs a deal because it's long-term security and the money's spread out a bit better. But yeah, and yeah. Joe's right. It's usually in the first three years. Yeah, he's not going to play to his highest level for the entire um, for the entire contract. But O lineman can play to can play older than other positions, so he might well stay out for the entire duration of the contract. He won't play to the same level, but he'll at least be serviceable. So it could it could end up working out quite well for both sides involved. Yeah, and um, for now you're getting a top tier offensive tackle. Yeah, absolutely. Possibly in his prime. Another interesting wide receiver move up, moving away from Galladay is Juju, who decided to re-sign with the Steelers. The absolute snake offered more money with the Ravens and the Chiefs, but decided to go back with the Steelers. His loyalty knows no bounds. However, I'm a bit disappointed in him. So he's a loyal snake? He is. It's a snake... It feels snaky for me, but you mean because he didn't go to your team? Surely it'd be snake. Surely it would be more snaky for him as a Steelers player to move to Baltimore and become a Raven. Like that's that's just my personal view of things. But I mean, as a salty Ravens fan, I'll let you decide. They want you to think, Stan. Is it? Is it really, Joe? (laughs) Exactly. The NFL Illuminati. Was it a big deal that the Ravens and Chiefs were offering them? It was, high, it it was higher reasonable. than the eight million. It, um, it was I know it's higher than eight million, but if it's if I he think... feels he can earn more, especially Stan's big TV rights came through, that if it's a one year and he'll be able to make more next year. I think three teams. I can't remember what the third team was, but one of the teams that wasn't the Chiefs or the Ravens offered him two years, hmm. um, and that was also higher than eight million a year. But then. I think the Ravens were the highest on the one-year deal with like a 9 million base with four to 5 million in incentives. Yeah, he would have earned like a a notable amount more in Baltimore from what I understand that deal. However, like no disrespect to the Ravens offense, but it doesn't really suit a wide receiver looking to prove themselves as we've seen with um, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, like they... They haven't been awfully productive due to the nature of their run-first style of offense. Willie Sneed was our most productive receiver. Yeah, Willie Sneed, he was very productive. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Let's just stick with Hollywood Brown then. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to the rumours before he signed the deal with the Giants with Kenny Golladay as well, that he wasn't taking anything other than a one-year deal because he wanted to earn more money. And then the Giants came in with a whopper. They're like, you know what, may as well sign this. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I do think the Giants did overpay Kenny Golday a little bit, if I'm completely honest with you. However, you're getting that number one target for Daniel Jones, and that's something that Juju wouldn't be. 
because of the fact he's a slot receiver, whereas, and they don't tend to be paid as much as those big X outside number one receivers that Kenny Golday is in his, well, that's what his body type alludes to him being. So, Yeah. And I got to respect the fact that the the Chiefs offered him a deal for more as well on the one year. I think it was a 9 million, so not much more, but he still went back with, with the Steelers. Yeah, I'm surprised that. You'd have thought he'd go to the Chiefs. No, as a slot receiver, why would you want to go to the Chiefs when they've got Tyreek Hill there anyway? I know they run a lot of spread stuff, but... Tyreek Hill doesn't just play in the slot. I know he doesn't just play in the slot, but he does dominate an awful lot in the slot. Like, we saw how effective he's worked, like, in the middle of the field out of that, like, out of that slot role. So I don't understand why he dominate he'd be there. anywhere he I mean, plays. Juju can play pretty well as a Z. Yeah. I, I really, I really don't think that he is... Uh, he would have been as productive in that in that role purely because of what we saw from him last year. Like he needs to step up his game. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Pittsburgh scheme when it comes to passing because they pass up the ball a lot. He should have benefited a lot because it's a short passing game. He's a slot receiver. If he wants to up his game, he's got to up his game himself rather than looking for a better situation to be in. Because although Pittsburgh's offense might be like predictable and not very efficient, if you're a slot receiver, you should be benefiting from it. I don't know. I just feel one like you said when everything's so quick passing game. We saw down the stretch that Pittsburgh had basically the defenses that were against them closed down and really shut down on top of Juju and those underneath guys. Yeah, but Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are great years. Chase Claypool a really good year for a rookie. He had a lot of touchdowns early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he did they, slow down they, near they the end of the season. Hugely productive down the stretch. I think there's a lot of room for him to operate in a Chiefs offense. I mean, we'll see. Like, I don't necessarily think he's going to have a bad year, but I don't think going to the Chiefs would have been against his type. No, I, I just think he would have been better suited in Pittsburgh, where he's going to get. I think he would definitely get more play time. I don't think that's really disputable when they've got Hardman and Hill there. Yeah, he's better than Hardman. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think it, personally, he probably would have succeeded more in the Chiefs, but it's good just to see him remain loyal and go back with the Steelers. You're a liar. Stick with you don't have know. to pretend you enjoy to see this. I mean, it's. I can be disappointed, but still respect the man. Moving on to the last receiver on the list, list. Deshaun Jackson signed for the LA Rams. I mean, Slew is a resident Eagles fan who's... Uh, had some very productive years and some not so productive years with Deshaun Jackson. Any opinions on that one? Yeah, I mean, if he's on the field, he'll be a good deep threat for him. He hasn't slowed down that respect. The point is he played like three or four year- games in two years. So yeah. you can say if he's on the field all you want, but that is the key with this guy. Yeah, it'll probably just be one of those like one-year prove-it deals or something like that because they are kind of in need of another outside threat because the two guys that they do have well, the three guys they do have, you've got Robert Woods and then you've got Cooper Cup and um, Van Jefferson who are both slot receivers. So I'm assuming that they did sign uh, Deshaun Jackson to maybe potentially... Did the slot receiver up. steal your cereal or something this morning, Stan? What's going on? What's this? What do you mean? Ah, oh, you seem well against slot receivers today. I'm not trying to be against slot receivers. I'm just saying you've got Cup, he's a slot receiver. Van Jefferson is a slot receiver. It was indeed a one-year deal. Yeah. So they could put Deshaun Jackson on the outside whilst having Woods on the other side and then either Cup or Jefferson in the slot. That's why I assume they're looking to get out of him if he does pan out and actually step on the field. Yeah, I mean, 
he doesn't really have much to prove at his age as well. Like he's what a twelve year vet. Yeah, but I think his current playing ability, not in terms of his career as a whole, but his current playing ability definitely has to prove because he's barely set foot on the football field. Yeah. So when you get to that age, you're not going to get more than one year contract places anyway. Yeah. Like Adrian Peterson. Hmm. Yeah, but that is running back out is a bit different, I think. I mean, if you've been injured that much in recent years, is it that different? No, to be fair, teams would probably be more keen to take a, a punt on Adrian Peterson than Deshaun Jackson. No, no Adrian not Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Well, not obviously, depending on need. Yeah, yeah. So, is it time? Let's just quickly get into one one little tidbit. Oh, don't do this to me, Joe. You have me there. I was on the before we get into the, the edge rookie of my QBs. Seat. Let's get on to some not so rookie QBs. QBs. <laughs> Jameis Winston, first and foremost, got re-signed to the Saints. Any opinions on that? Do you I think like. he's going to compete? I think he'll start. So do I. You I think he'll to... start. I don't think they would have re-signed him if he's not going to start. I want, yeah, because um... despite the contract. No, no, because what um, what Sean Payton said during the season, which was really interesting, is when Drew, when Breeze got hurt, how they put Winston in instead. It's because they have to change the game plan completely differently for Hill. And Winston. So why would they have Winston as the backup for Hill if they're a completely different style of quarterback? Well, that's what I say to you. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Perfectly why said, would Dan. They Thank you very much. Pay Hill the amount of money they're paying him because it's not real money, and he's a weapon. Yeah, but surely they have to pay him for the first year. Despite... Yeah, but it's not that much. It's actually less of a cap hit than he would have had this year. Yeah. And they still like him as a weapon. Like just because it's like we saw in the last few years, Breeze was their starter, but they brought Taysom Hill in at times when they needed a spark. Mm. It is a bit of an irrational love, though, I do think. Yeah, I, th- I think, Stan, your point kind of works against yourself for me. Like, it, I I think they're realistically going to have to change quite a lot to get Taysom to start. and then. But that's like saying that they wouldn't... Yeah, but if Breeze was starting, they didn't not play Taysom Hill because he was a completely different style of quarterback. It's like having a main running back and a change of pace guy, but for some reason they love doing it at quarterback. Yeah, they'll bring in Jameis Winston for an occasional arm punt. No, but they don't need to do it's that. It's more likely to go the other way around. Hill's got a rocket arm. Fair enough. Not a very um, accurate one, but a rocket arm. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2021 draft prospects at the QB position the juicy interesting draft class that has ended up with quite a lot of first round talent so I thought we could just give a little brief summary oh I love why you brought us I hate the way you said it (laughs) (laughs) I have a tendency to do that a brief summary on each of the different top five QB prospects who are expected to go in the first round so starting off first and more foremost with <laughs> Stan is chomping at the bit to get going and you're just dragging this out, driving <laughs> him insane. Managed, you've managed to make the most exciting part of the off season. So I'm like flipping like halfway through the off season when we're doing that little Matt's quiz thing. Again. No, I'm loving it because each time he takes a break, Stan's going, oh, <laughs> he gets more and more annoyed, which is why I'm just going to drag it out a little bit more. With the number one overall consensus pick, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson. What do we feel? I mean, is he the next Andrew Luck? 
Do you think that hype is deserved? I don't think he's the next Andrew Luck. I don't think he quite has the arm that Andrew Luck has. He's got a great arm. I, I meant as prospect best. more than... Oh, as a prospect. Yeah, he's a great prospect. There's some spurts of inaccuracy that can be a little bit troubling. But overall, he's the most decisive quarterback in this draft. He reads the field the best. And I haven't really seen anything on tape to be like, yeah, that he shouldn't be number one. Yeah. You could argue that others are better at certain aspects. Like Zach Wilson has a better arm. Justin Fields is better mobile-wise. But Trevor Lawrence is the best plug-and-play starter right now, and he deserves to be the number one pick. Yeah, he's completely mechanically sound. There's a lot of pro-start elements in that Clemson offense. He throws the ball with great zip anticipation. He's got He can throw with touch. He can throw at different speeds, and that's really important for an NFL quarterback. He can throw all over the field, different windows, tight windows, and that's what makes him so special. The reason I disagree with the Andrew Luck comparison is not because of him not being a great prospect. It's because they're just I think they're different quarterbacks. You look at the size of Andrew Luck, like he's a big, big person. Like I think Trevor Lawrence weighs in at about 210, 220 right now. I think Andrew Luck was around 260 when he was playing. Like he's a big, big man. And that's no. Yeah, Andrew Luck is big. He's chunky. He can't have been 260. He's chunky. I thought chunky he was like 230, maybe. Yeah, probably no. less than 260, but chunky nonetheless. Yeah, maybe less than I don't know. This is what yeah, I've, I've heard from He's other definitely sources. a different frame. Yeah. Different frame. But yeah, he's a phenomenal prospect and you cannot go wrong with picking him number one. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to be so good on the ground as he is. Yeah. No, he is quite surprising. He's um, he's sneaky fast, some would say. 4-7. Very sneaky. Yeah, that's all it is. I think it's almost like he got bored at some times. It's like with the inaccuracy. I don't know what it was, but I mean, there's no glaring faults in his game at all. And it'll be a shock if he doesn't pan out. Yeah, with these guys, you get hyped up by the media for ages. You often find yourself like trying to like nitpick and be like, "Oh, but is this just media hype?" But in reality, he's just a phenomenal player, and it shows up on film. Now, Stan's hit the nail right on the head there. A lot of what we're probably going to say about these guys is nitpicky because a lot, because I think these first four, maybe five guys especially, all have the ability to be franchise players. I'm less sure about Matt Jones and the other, but from a physical standpoint. They're all great prospects. Yeah, there are some absolutely just physical specimens in this draft class, like even in later rounds as well. So no matter who you take, you're going to end up with someone who can hurl the old rock. Yeah, and by all accounts, he's a very good leader on the field as well, which, I mean, I imagine that most people who play in college aren't going to say, oh, yeah, he was absolutely terrible. But it's something... You get this around... Time, um, draft time and you hear some absolute nonsense about players characters birthday I mean, party nonsense I usually <laughs> exactly I don't usually take much stock in that I prefer to see what they can do on tape yeah agreed um, before we do move on I'd like to talk about his hair do we think he will change it for the NFL and go for something maybe like a bit more professional looking like like your standard NFL you want right? the you... Justin Herbert buzz cut I'd hate to see that. No, no, I, I don't want to see a buzz cut. I, I think more of like the original Justin Herbert cut where you've got it like, not lot, not like Trevor Lawrence sort of long, but relatively long. Yeah, I reckon, I do think there'll be a haircut change coming when he joins the league. Really? Yep, over the first like... His first hair's probably se- one of his biggest assets. First couple <laughs> right seasons. Right there with I, his arm. First couple seasons, I do think, like sometime along there, he'll go for like a more like rugged, grown up looking look perhaps because... 
I don't know. I can just see it coming. I don't know. I don't think Justin Herbert did anything specific with his hair. It probably just fell that way. I don't think he like curled it at the bottom. Well, you probably Mm. put conditioner in it, I imagine. Oh, yeah. You've got to. Head and shoulders, please, for unsponsor us. He will definitely get one of those head and shoulders deals with um, Patrick Mahomes and um, Troy Palomalu. He'll be on that one next. You mark my words. All right. Next QB on the list, one that's been rising up draft boards quite rapidly in the last year Zach Wilson for BYU what do you guys think I mean my biggest gripe with him is they didn't face good enough competition ah. when he played now a throw into a tight window is a throw into a tight window no matter who you're playing against and an NFL type throw it doesn't matter like if the, if the DB was like a two star recruit one star recruit hey no star no stars it matters that he can make those throws. Yeah, sure. He's facing. He's not. Well, he's not facing like the complicated SEC defenses that you might face if you were like a an LSU or an Alabama. But he made those throws nonetheless, and that's not a slight on his ability as a player. You can't say he's not a good quarterback because he didn't play. There might be less evidence of it, but he still has those traits nonetheless. And just to kick things off, like before anyone else says anything, his arm is phenomenal and hit instantly. No doubt. He might have the best arm in the NFL, along with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. It is phenomenal. The the stuff he can do with it, the power, the touch, just the accuracy as well off these wacky platforms is just phenomenal. And it's 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 like nothing I've seen in recent years from a college prospect, Trevor Lawrence included. He throws with unbelievable anticipation as well. Usually with these big arm guys, they sort of see someone open and then hit it. He throws before people are out of their breaks, and it's great to watch when he's on form. My biggest gripe with Zach Wilson that I'm worried that at this point in his career, he's a bit of a seven-on-seven player. He doesn't read the game especially well at this moment. He can sometimes get a little bit stuck on number one reads. And he's a really frustrating habit of sort of escaping the pocket when he doesn't necessarily need to, to make these sort of incredible throws. Nothing that can't be coached. And he does have an amazing physical base that you can coach up. I just don't think he's ready to go straight away. You could say that about most of the big QB prospects, though, right? Struggles like getting through progressions. That's mm. a pretty common. I think he's ready to go. In terms of being ready to go day one, I'd have him number three. In terms of potential, he could be number one. I think in terms of potential, he is definitely number one. In terms of re- like ready to go, I do think he's ready to go player. Like The stuff that we pointed out about him, it can be coached, especially the escaping the pocket thing. Like likely when he gets to the NFL, he's gonna have more time to throw in the pocket, perhaps because you've got better, better linemen. Mate, his line at BYU were really good. Yeah, they they had that Brady Christensen guy on the left tackle who's gonna get drafted this year. That the, the escaping the pocket thing that can be coached in terms of reading the field. I do think he went through his progressions quite quickly. I I didn't really notice him getting stuck on number one. Maybe that's just like a dip, like us just in a, in a different a different opinion. But I think he read the field very very quickly, and I was quite impressed with that. Like he, he's definitely a much better reader of the field than the likes of Justin Fields. I, I've yeah. got to disagree on that standpoint. He yeah, throws from some wacky arm angles as well, occasionally. Yeah, nothing he that does physically worries me at all. Yeah. yeah. I think he just needs a little bit of coaching, that's it. Yeah, I mean, no, 100%. The footwork not, as well. Not a huge slight on him. The footwork as well, especially he's going to struggle with timing routes in the NFL if his drop back and his hitches aren't like perfect like that because sometimes... He just sort of just walked backwards. There's no crossover with his legs. The drop back is just, it's a bit messy. But yeah, again, that can be coached. 
but purely because of the upside, I I do have myself wondering whether he is just overall the best quarterback in this class. Are you gonna lock it in? I I don't know. I'm gonna lock it in. I'm gonna lock it in. I'm going for it. Really, number one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock it in. I'm, he won't get drafted number one, no chance. No, I didn't think you'd say that. But no. I do think we're gonna look back in years to come and go. Zach Wilson should have got number one. I think it vastly depends on who drafts him, doesn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah that, that's the I, thing that like all of these guys look good as prospects, but three years into an NFL career, if they're not on a good team, it could almost be over, and that's what's so frustrating. Yeah, no, that is fair. But I really do like the fit at number two if he does get drafted by the New York Jets. That um. I've forgotten his name. Mike LaFleur, there you go. The Mike LaFleur offence, which is that that West Coast Shanahan McVay, that whole style of offence, wide zone. He's going to excel in it completely because you've already got the defence on the back foot because when you take those play actions, the linebackers are going to be playing close to the line. Everyone's going to be playing for the run a bit more. It gives you that extra second, which Zach Wilson doesn't even normally need to make those throws. And on the bootlegs as well, he's got the speed to maybe turn that into like a 10-yard first down. And he can throw on the run as well, which is really, really important, that style of offense as well. So I really, really like the fits of the Jets there too. Yeah. On his speed, I think he's going to have less success on the ground than he did in college. He strikes me as sort of like a quick burst, springy sort of athlete. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, yeah. like, he doesn't have amazing top-end speed. He's not going to burst off 40-yard plays. But like Stan said, he'll, he'll scamper for like a first down if it's needed. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And in terms of like quick quarterbacks, you don't even have to be that quick. You just need to pick your moment and strike then because... These first-round quarterbacks, they're still young. They're still in their athletic prime. Gone are the days of the Tom Brady's who only... Who will I don't run. think they are, actually. They never will. He'll be playing by the time this lot have all retired. No, I mean in terms of like the 40-yard dash speed. like He yeah, ran yeah. like a five-something. These guys are all absolute athletes now because of the work they get done with them at college and the camps and stuff. They're all athletic specimens, so they'll all be running. They'll all be able to pick up those first downs if they need to. So, Stan, you've got them going to the Jets. I think he'll go to the Jets. I think I, at the start of this off-season and before I'd watched more Zach Wilson, I was very much firmly on the draft penny seal. He's amazing. Build the house and then put Zach Wilson in. Or like, sorry, then put a quarterback in next year. But when you look at Zach Wilson, the word generational talent gets banded around a lot. But in terms of his arm alone, that is special. And that is something yeah. that you will not see regularly in a draft. So for that, I think you have to take him at two if he's there. Slew, any opinions on... Whereabouts he lands? Gee. Where I think he'll go or where he fits. Mm, I guess both. I mean, like Stan said, he does fit well with the Jets. Um, I think we spoke, was it last week or the week before, where we'd be surprised if it, the Jets go quarterback? I think yeah. it was it was a few weeks ago. I think I said I'd be surprised if Jets went quarterback, but I'm going to take a bit of a double take on that and just say... Zach Wilson's phenomenal. I do think you're missing out if you don't take him because yeah. quarterbacks, I know quarterbacks and offensive tackles, they're hard to come by. But when you've got someone like Zach Wilson, he's going to win you games. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. You can't argue with it. Yeah, I could see him maybe going to like the Falcons at four. If you're saying like he's not going to be play ready, you know, straight away, then maybe sitting behind Matt Ryan for a year. Yeah, I don't like the idea of sitting rookie quarterbacks too much. To be honest with you, I'd rather just chuck them out there because you can't—they can't learn as much from a clipboard as they can whilst on the field. And I know that might seem unfair because obviously you've got the cases like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes who've turned yeah. out like absolutely just amazing quarterbacks. But I'd rather have my guy—if I was a coach—I'd rather have my guy out there playing and learning and reading defenses live than sitting on the side of the clipboard for a year. 
there's pros and cons of both yeah, approaches. Absolutely. I think if you've got like a strong veteran presence at QB in a position and you're drafting for the future, then it's it's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Until they play, you're never going to know which is the right approach to take, and that's the risk you take. Yeah, if Matt Ryan's still there, then they're going to play Matt Ryan if Zach Wilson falls to four. Yeah. So moving swiftly on to the Ohio State prospect, Justin Fields, long been linked with Trevor Lawrence. Check out Dan's article on on the history and rivalry between Lawrence and Fields. It's a really good read. What do we think? Pro-ready? I mean, he's kind of dropped below Wilson on a lot of boards despite his success. Yeah, I, I think he's pro-ready. I think he's got elite physical traits. He's really athletic. He's got a good arm. And despite what you may hear, he can make tight throw windows. He does have a tendency to wait a bit too long once he sees someone's open to then pull the trigger at times. It seems confusing because he can make those plays based on reads. It, I, I don't know what happens. Sometimes he just sees a flash of colour. It's like, oh, they must still be open and he won't it's get like away a, with... A big play mentality where he wants to just force it to a guy. Yeah, it may be that, that he trusts his arm. I don't think it's big play mentality. I do think it's like a, it's a mental like block with him, maybe a confidence thing or a just looking for the perfect window. Like The way I describe him is as a perfectionist. He waits for those perfect windows, like the absolutely perfect windows. Not NFL windows, not like slightly open. You can still fit in their windows, but completely wide open. And that's not going to work in the NFL. And it didn't work for a certain few games with him at college as well, like Northwestern and Indiana. They absolutely embarrassed him as a prospect. And that's because they showed him different looks. They made him process on the, on the fly, essentially, showing him different looks post-snap to what they were doing pre-snap. And he really, really struggled as a result. And I do agree with what you said about him being like a physical specimen and being an outstanding player. But the way, if he doesn't succeed at the NFL, it'll be because of his reading of the field. He gets locked onto that number one read way too often and just will refuse to move off it. Like, what, why that is, I'm not sure. Whether it's like a half-field read or something, not sure. But he just needs to either get I the ball out sooner or move on. I think to do with a lot of option routes. Obviously, that doesn't excuse all of it. But the receivers weren't great at declaring where they were going to go early on. I'd, I appreciate that. But there are certain instances where, where you see like too high and there's a... Um, there are different concepts on the field. So, for example, it might be versus too high, you you run a post. Versus one high, you run uh, a go. And versus three high, you might do something else. So, in my opinion, I do think that he can see those things pre-snap. Obviously, there are going to be more intricate like complexities when receivers might see one thing and then the quarterback might see another thing or it's a more complicated option route when it's not just reading the safeties. But you have to remember as well, like with the option route um, argument, is that a lot of NFL teams run option routes and you don't see them, you don't see quarterbacks missing windows like that. Yeah. Obviously the receivers are more experienced, but that's just the argument I'd throw out to counter that. The other thing is that that is an outlier. It's not a consistent part of his game. Like Usually he does read the field pretty well, but like Stan says, Northwestern and Indiana were issues. Like Clemson, he had a really good game in the semi-final. They did look incredibly disorganised. I'm not trying to throw unnecessary hate on Justin Fields, but Clemson defence that game was not up to the standard they've been playing for the rest of the year. I mean, to and be so, fair, anyone would have an issue against that Indiana defence. They were running some madness. Yeah, to be fair, they looked like an NFL defence, like in complete honesty with you. It seems like something that could be very heavily coached out of him, you know. 
Yeah. As soon as he gets into any NFL t- team. And if not, then he's not suited to be an NFL quarterback in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I do think it can be coached out of him, but I do think it's going to be deeper. It's going to be a deeper set issue rather than just saying, hey, don't throw to your first read. I think it's like a mental thing that he's got embedded in his head. Maybe it's like a nerves thing when he gets locked onto his first read and he's scared to look across the field. Or I don't know what it is, but there is something that's making him stay on that read. And I don't think it's going to be to do with like the scheme, unless that he's just being given half-field reads. But then linking back to how he should could succeed in the next level, I do think he's going to be have to like they're going to have to split the field and get, run one concept one side, one concept other on the other to make it as simple for him as possible, just to ease him into it early on. So whether he lands to perhaps even the Lions, Panthers, Broncos, where whoever he lands to, they need to make the job for Fields as easy as possible early on, because he doesn't have the same processing ability as Lawrence and um, Wilson. I Fair. would say he's just as good at processing post snap as Wilson. I don't. I disagree there. Agree to disagree. And no, moving... I disagree to disagree. <laughs> disagree so you see, agree. Brick. No, Sam must agree. <laughs> moving on to someone who's not kind of our fits for this one. Oh, that's a good point, actually. And speaking of which, Callum RM06 on Instagram asked us, "How far will Fields drop? What are we thinking, fellas?" I don't know about how far he's going to drop. My best fit for him is to the Carolina Panthers and Joe Brady. I th- We saw what he did with Joe Burrow, where he spread it out, a lot of spread concepts. I think he would be really good there. I mean, It's the simplicity that Stan mentioned earlier, and it's such a QB-friendly system if you're aggressive, which Teddy Bridgewater wasn't. What Joe Brady runs is a lot of spread stuff, which... Fields has run quite a lot of in college, so I would say yeah, that could be a good fit. I prefer Mac Jones there personally. However, I do think Fields could at, succeed at there eight. as well. I, I think Mac Jones could go at eight. Really? Yep. I think all the quarterbacks are going to be gone before you know it in this draft. Like we say, uh, there are a lot of talk like pre-draft. Oh, he's not got the arm and stuff, but he does have the ceiling to have that like Ryan Tannehill like season, like last year when he had the success from that ground game, and he's a much better passer too. His mechanics are really, really clean. He reads the field like exceptionally well, better than Fields and Wilson. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I could see him potentially going to the Eagles. Maybe. Just the Fields, I'd say that. Yeah. Just be- just before we go any further, though, I, in terms of mock draft this year and dra- mocking where all these players are going to go, I think it's completely redundant because of because how... Because there's going to be a bunch it, of trades. There's going to be a bunch of trades. This order here, I reckon... It will be incredibly different. I don't think the Bengals that stay at five. Falcons could trade down from four. Dolphins could potentially trade down from three if they think they can maybe bag another receiver later on other than Chase. Broncos could perhaps move up. You've got the Patriots who are looking to potentially move up as well. Bears, you could potentially move up. You've got a lot of teams who are in need of a signal caller and in the later later um, part of this first round. So I wouldn't be surprised if this top 10 is just completely different by the end of draft night. Yeah, especially the Bears. I think if they if they don't, by all accounts, they're still going all all out on Watson. But if that doesn't come to fruition, then I could imagine them making some big moves during the draft. Well, since you love him so much, let's talk about Mac Jones, Alabama QB. I mean, one fourth season as a starter, Heisman candidate, along with his mates Najee. Devonta. You're a first name basis now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, Mac Jones, interesting prospect, I think. Going into the whole, like, the draft thing, like, even during his season at Alabama, you just assume he's, like, one of those system QBs, like the AJ McCarrens, who just make an entire career and have an incredibly successful, like, college time. Just through being an Alabama QB when you've got ridiculous wide receiver room, which Mac Jones had for sure. But when you look at him on film, he's an incredibly good passer. His mechanics, as I said earlier, really, really clean. Like He's had, like, people have doubted his athletic ability, but today, I think it is um, Pro Day, he ran a 4-7 or something like that, high 4-7 time. So he's got yeah, but the... he's not going to use He's not that. an athlete. He's not yeah. going to do anything in the open field of the NFL. No, no, no. But I mean, like, being able to be mobile and actually escape the pocket sometimes, he could do that at 4-7. Yeah, but it's not the way he plays. Peyton Manning rollout-esque for that one-yard touchdown that's no, about 20 be... seconds. He's faster than Peyton. I think everyone was faster than Peyton on that. He did manage to fool everyone on that play, though. I think there's something different, though, to running a 4-7 and being... A yeah. mobile QB. No, that, and that, to be fair, that is he doesn't fair. need it because he is the best pocket presence of anyone in this class. Yeah, he, he's. This is gonna sound ridiculous, but the way he climbs the pocket and is still able to keep his field eyes down the field is Brady esque. Yeah, he's very professional in that sense. He he's very polished in the little nuances of being quarterback, and he's very accurate with it too. Reads the field really, really well, which you wouldn't expect from Alabama quarterback. He might just have like a one or two read. Um, one or two read play and especially this year with Sarkeesian where they've had a lot of RPOs and little bubble screens trying to, to try and manufacture touches for the like the, just the absolute freak athletes that are Devonta Smith and Jalen Model. so yeah I I think you can look at Mac Jones and think he's just a product of Alabama or you can study the tape and just realise that he's a very 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 good passer of the football and maybe even comparing him to Ryan Tannehill earlier was a bit of an insult Tannehill's got a better arm than Jones I think yeah. you've hit. I think both things you've said right there are true. I think he's a good passer, and he's a product of the talent around him at Alabama. I think he can succeed in the league, but he's going to need creative coaching and weapons around him. The other guys that we've spoken about can take over games by themselves, but then maybe they won't necessarily as rookies, but they will be able to. Yeah, Matt Jones, I don't see as being able to in the same way. He's very much a game manager. He'll win you games. He may even win your Super Bowl if you've got a good enough roster but I can't see him necessarily grabbing the game by a scruff of the neck and sort of making those wow throws yeah that's true I think that does stem down to as well his arm strength like there are a couple of deep shots that you see him taking where his like his his shoulders go completely off balance he sort of contorts his body to try and re- like recuperate for this lack of arm strength that he has and that is quite that is quite telling. So he can't make those throws just off weird platforms that Jones and Lawrence can. Well, um, sorry, Wilson can. But yeah, yeah, he, he's going to be able to do the simple things, and he does the simple things very, very, very well. A master of his craft, but that lacks the physical gifts of some of the other. Yeah, I think that's a really good. That's, that's a really way good way of describing him. Yeah. For a guy who's never watched Mac Jones, you've summed him up very well. I watched bits and pieces reads the field well <laughs> that's the summation of my notes last out of the big five is trey lance from north dakota state university he had one full season out of a starter where he threw zero picks and very impressive touchdown to interception ratio 
And can you just mention quickly how many interceptions he had in that first year? I said zero. Zero. Exactly. Absolutely nil point. And then he did play one showcase game as well. But let's talk about him as a prospect first before we get into the 2020 madness. I think he's unbelievably talented, but also incredibly raw. There were just parts of him that think mm, he's not quite ready yet, but there are glimpses that he is a star. So I don't really know where I land with him. It's a difficult one because he yeah. played so little it's really hard to get a good grasp. If he plays to his ceiling, he's an all-pro kind of player, but it's going to take quite a bit to get there. Yeah, and I do think there is more than just being like an unbelievable talent because he's got a great arm. He's incredibly mobile, and he really fit that North Dakota run-first style of offense, and he, he was absolutely outstanding in that. They went 16-0 and won the FCS division, well, the FCS National Championship in 2019. He, he was absolutely phenomenal. He is a champ. He is a champ. He's a he's a leader, but the thing that really stands out for me is that he does underthrow an awful lot, like especially on these timing routes, the out routes, in routes. He'll he'll throw behind them, and the receiver will end up having to sort of like reach back and make the catch, or in fact just he'll just hit the defender instead. And that's the big gripe that I have on him. I'm gonna take that 2020 game as well that they lost with a bit of a pinch of salt as well, because it must be such a weird situation to have like a very short preseason and have one game be your biggest first and only game of the season. Like, it yeah. feels like he was over-pumped up when he came out because the whole reason they had that game was basically a showcase for him, and that's so much pressure on one game. Yeah, it did look like a slightly different style of offence there as well in that game. It looked a lot more pass-heavy than the, what they'd been running the year before, whether he would literally... There were some games he'd throw the ball like 15 or 16 times in the game, which is part of the reason he only... Th well, he didn't throw any single inception last year when 2019... Yeah, I mean, the second half, he looked much better than he did, but it was coming out of the gates. He just looked a bit jittery, not jittery, just sort of overpumped up. You saw a lot of overthrows early on. Yeah, he overthrew a wide open guy. Yeah, I mean, he was being hit on that one, but yeah, yeah. you still got to hit that guy. But that's why I'm a bit wary about putting too much stock in that one game rather than looking at a whole season. The good thing you can say about him is that he apparently had so much control of the line of scrimmage to chain plays, which is not something you see from a one-year starter in college and a lot of the stuff look like full-field reads. So you can't underestimate the impact that that's going to have coming in. Yeah, there are some other things he needs to clean up as well. Like I've noticed when he's throwing the ball and dropping back in the pocket, he places too much weight on his front foot and he's, there's not enough of like a clean movement where you like shift like your, most of your body weight forward onto your front foot and then there's a hip rotation as well to generate power. Like he's still got a phenomenal arm regardless, but there's just little things he needs to clean up in that because it does lead to a bit of an inaccuracy. It's like he needs to use his like his point pointing foot more to to um, achieve better accuracy because if, if that foot stays planted throughout the whole process of the throw, it's not going to be as accurate that's as it would be if you're adjusting more. for those underthrows on the outroots and yeah, stuff. That's, yeah. that's what the cause of that is. Yeah, yeah. His, his feet need work. His mechanics need a bit of work. He's he's a very very raw talent. I'd agree, and he he could pan out, but I don't know. There's something about him that just doesn't feel right for me. Yeah, because he hasn't I mean, played much at all. Yeah, seventeen yeah. games overall. I mean, the last guy we saw than that, and he's more talented than him, was Mitch Trubisky. Or Joe Burrow. Oh no, Joe Burrow played. He played more, just didn't have as much success. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, NC State. 
He's about as talented as Mitch Trubisky is. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's undoubtable. Like just his legs alone, like they warrant more talent than Mitch Trubisky. In terms, yeah. in terms of a fit and a landing spot, I think he like he will definitely end up being the fifth quarterback taken out of this list of guys. But it's just whereabouts he lands. Um, I've got one that I've just thought of that I hadn't before. Somewhere that's being predicted to pick Mac Jones because Carolina. of what they used to be. Patriots? Uh, yeah, yeah and Patriots. To, be fair, to be fair, I like the Patriots a fit because of what they're doing with Cam Newton at the moment. I do think that Trey Lance would be the perfect guy to take over from Cam Newton. Like They both struggle mechanically and they both run the ball very well. So Trey Lance is fits that kind of like power running style as yeah. well more like a josh allen than a lamar jackson or yeah. kyla murray cam newton for what you say about him is a very good read of the of the game like i'm not i'm not thinking he's meant in, no no, is... no sorry when i say you i meant yeah people okay fair play i just get a scapegoat you and i think mechanically a lot of that is off that shoulder surgery but as part of reading the game there aren't many better that trey lance can learn from especially how similar their skill sets are because Cam Newton had an absolute rocket arm coming out of Auburn. He did have a rocket arm. And mm-hmm. Trey Lance also has a rocket arm and is a very good runner of the football. Could he be Cam Newton's understudy next year? Didn't Cam Newton also only play one year of high-level off- high level college football? I would not know. Do you think there might be a little bit of bias given how Carson Wentz has turned out in recent years? Some sort of hesitation towards drafting a FCS QB. I think no, said, because if I you just like, say that, then Justin Fields isn't going to get drafted because he's from Ohio State. Yeah, I'd just like to reiterate what I said earlier as well about windows being windows no matter where you play. Like oh, The disguise is going to be less, the complexity of the defense is going to be less, but a tight window throw is still a tight window throw no matter where you're playing. And yeah, I do think that Carson Wentz turning out and having an MVP caliber season does add to the credibility of North Dakota State if you're going to go down that route as well. Yeah, fair enough. Just wanted to plant the seed of... Uh, yeah, that's fair. FCS, like yeah. quarterback, don't come about very often. Yeah. I, I like the, the Patriots fit. I could see that. Potentially. No one else. Maybe the Saints. The Saints? I could see the Saints. Why the What Saints? they're doing at the moment. What so is like a backup behind Taysom Hill, even though they've just signed um, Jameis Winston. I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be there that long, mate. He signed a and contract. They can cancel Taysom Hill whenever they want. I mean, that's if true. If he's still there like at that. twenty-four, Pittsburgh would be stupid to pass up on him. He won't be there at twenty-four. He's not going to fall to twenty-four. Oh yeah, he won't get past Chicago, will he? No. Where's Chicago? Twenty. Twenty. He's not getting past twenty. He's not going to get past. 14 I don't think 15 there's going to be an absolute flurry of quarterbacks in this draft there's no one who's going to be there yeah I'm not saying he's, he's they're drafting him at 28 I'm saying the Saints could draft up could trade up they could indeed yeah also I'm I can't bother trying to predict who's going to pick who because it's such a lottery and some teams make such head scratching decisions at times that Green Bay Packers yeah exactly that I'm i I'm hesitant to be like, oh, there's no way he doesn't get past 15 or 16 or wherever. Yeah, fair. Which Just on general me. play, it's not even quarterbacks. Yeah, Which fair. leads me to another Instagram comment we had from underscore Average Joe's show. Who... Is that you? No, it isn't. It's the underscore version. 
But if you want the handle, hit me up. They asked, who is a team that could surprise us and trade up for a QB? I say the Saints, sitting at 28. They're not in a position to take one, but could probably use one. I think if anyone, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, Chicago Bears. Would New England be a surprise? They've sort of been predicted that. I think they could trade up and grab Mac Jones or trade up and get Trey Lance. No, I mean, would it be a surprise? Not will they? I would be a surprise. I don't know. Bill Belichick is sort of... I'm not really going to be surprised by this anymore because he brought in Cam Newton. He's just overpaid a bunch of tight ends as well. He's he's done some crazy stuff this off-season. So, I don't know. It's Bill Belichick. You'd never be surprised. Would the Raiders be a surprise? Mm, yes. I'm thinking about them. Yes, you've got a top like top 10 quarterback already. Don't do it. There's so many rumours, though, that they're in on there's always of these. There's been rumours for the last two years, ever since, like, two or three years, since Gruden's taken over. Is Carr his guy? Carr's going to be the guy. They don't draft. They won't draft a quarterback here. Does that not make it a surprise? It would be a surprise, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It would be a massive surprise. a surprise, the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Maybe Washington? Yeah. 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 I mean, they've just paid Heineke. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, they Heineke. basically have to yeah, trade up anyway. If what you're saying is true, or they take a developmental guy like um, I don't Detroit know, do Kellen Wand. Do they not care about Jared it's Goff? That. Do they trade up a little bit to get a guy? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's much point bringing a rookie in there at this point. Fair enough. The Green Bay Packers moving up, taking another QB. I almost wouldn't be surprised by them doing that. That'd be jokes, to be fair. Yeah, and the new Just QB double down. factory. Moving on to the final Instagram comment and a nice little way to round this up. Fission Impossible asked us, who is our biggest QB sleeper in the draft? And I know we've got a very strong opinion here, so I'm just going to defer to Stan. Uh, the strong one's the best one, Joe. The best one's Joe. I'm a particular fan of a certain um, Texas A&M quarterback who goes by the name of Kellen Mond. He was the Senior Bowl MVP this year. And I do think has fallen foul to a lack of talent at his school and just not very good offense either. As a raw prospect, I'm not trying to say he should be a top 10 pick, but I do think he he's a guy who will pan out to be an above average quarterback in this league. Like The raw physical traits alone are enough for that. He's got a rocket arm. He's mobile. His release is ridiculously clean and quick. He reads the game relatively well. and He's, he's mobile-ish. He's a mobile quarterback. Why does he get sacked so much and not escape? Because <laughs> he's got issues with him. That's why I'm not, <laughs> that's why I'm not mentioning him. That's why he's, he's a sleeper. <laughs> that's why he's a sleeper. I don't mean like that. But um, yeah, sure, he's, he's, um, his play clock needs to be a bit quicker in his head. But I don't see what there is not to like about him as a passer of the football. He's really, really, really good. He gets the ball out way quicker than a, than a lot of NFL quarterbacks already do. He can make the throws into tight windows. He's got strength in his arm. He's got mobility that he needs to harness. And he's accurate. You've been blinded by love, Stan, haven't you? I You've haven't fallen been, in love I haven't with, been a, blinded with a sleeper by love. prospect and you won't hear a word against I him. I haven't. No, no, I will hear words against him. Like There, there are criticism, criticisms of him. That's why he's a sleeper. But... As, yeah, as a passer of the football, there aren't many better than him, I think. And to be fair, the reason quarterback sleepers are sleepers is because they don't really have that 
sort of star power. It's a numbers they've game. Got, they've got a glaring fault, and because yeah. everyone quarterback that can be portrayed as a franchise will get lifted up as much as possible, especially like in these last few months leading up to the draft, because it just happens. Even if they're not good enough, yeah, people not, will say that they are. So it's hard to like predict a QB yeah, sleeper because be... they're so rare. Yeah, I know. he's really, really like just fallen afoul to his college system. I know everyone's talking about like how oh, Jimbo Fisher, he's a um like a QB whisperer or something like that. He hasn't had success with NFL quarterbacks at all. He's not really done very well in general. And I'm not. And I, I think Kellen Mond will be the exception to this rule because you weren't setting how, yourself up. He's gifted <laughs> for this. He's he's a really really gifted player. And whoever gets him is getting a steal. That's yeah. fair enough. I mean, one guy I would have liked to have seen this season but sat out, unfortunately, would be Jamie Newman. His issues at Wake Forest at his receivers just weren't good enough, similar to Mond. Like, his decision-making was a little bit suspect, but watch if you watch Wake Forest for Clemson in 2019, I don't think there's one play where a player gets opened and I don't really understand what he's supposed to do in that situation. So he's just standing there running around a bit and there's nothing gets opened. So it would be nice to see him at Georgia. The other one, maybe David Mills, who's basically just a Shanahan QB, plays at Stanford. He's got decent physical skills, reads the game reasonably well, and he's got a quickish release, like pretty decisive. So I think he'll end up at the 49ers in the fourth round and will play eventually when Garoppolo gets injured. Apart from that, I mean, there aren't even really very many fun late round QBs like there were last year. Like, what was that? Um, guy at the Colts called and Jacob Eason the one with yeah the like he had a rocket arm. he had a stupidly good arm and this year sleepers aren't even fun they're just sort no. of there I think Kellen Mond is very fun for me he's I think he's less of a sleeper because he'll probably end up going in like the second round if he falls any further than that it's a bit ridiculous but yeah, yeah. I think I'm outside the second round I'm not in love outside the second round I mean Carl Trask isn't really a sleeper. I don't rate Carl Trask. No, me neither. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the only other one to possibly mention outside of Kellen Mond for me. Yeah. He'd just lob it up the side for him, Kyle Pitts, and hope that it worked. I think naturally, with QBs, you're going to have 10 times as many busts as you're going to have sleepers, to be honest. Yeah. You will get the occasional... I mean, you don't get the occasional Tom Brady, but... You get the occasional like Dak Prescott in the fourth, but Russell that was Wilson five in the years third. ago. Exactly. Precisely. And that's about all we've got time for this evening. You can follow us on Instagram at the dropback, on Twitter at the dropback, on Facebook at the dropback UK. Check out Dan's new article on the dropback.com. I've been your host, Joe. I've been Stan. I've been Sam. And until next time, peace. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Thank people for listening.
Thanks, everyone, 